Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Well, how many of you realize and recognize that God is up to something? Two, three, got one in the back there. Well, whether you realize it or not, he is. How many of you know he doesn't need our permission to show up and show out? And he's here, he's among us this, this week. One of, one of the things that I have always prayed is that uh, I would see a bigger movement of God than the church made of man can produce. How many of you would like to see God do something bigger than what the man can produce? And there's, there's, there's signs of it everywhere, not just here. I believe God is doing something special in our midst. And I think we ought not take it for granted. I think we ought to realize, God, we're grateful for your presence here today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us. Thank you for your stirring. Thank you for the things that you're showing us, that you're revealing. How I many you know we can't, we can't grow, learn anything unless the Lord reveals himself to us? Revelation is how we learn, by the Spirit. And so... Um, this week's been an interesting week. Uh, on Friday, my wife had a birthday. And um, yeah, y'all, y'all give it up for Lisa. It was her birthday. Lauren had a birthday. I don't see Lauren here, but she had a birthday as well. But, um, and one of the things that we did, uh, we went to the movies. There was uh, several friends. Uh, some, some of you perhaps even went to the movie, The Jesus Revolution. How many of you have seen that? Okay, quite a few of you, okay? And so if you haven't seen the Jesus Revolution, I'll just give you a little bit about it. Some of you lived the Jesus Revolution back in the late 60s and early 70s, and it all kind of began on the East Coast in, in California, just a move of God among some youthful hippies that uh, were looking for love, most of them in all the wrong places. And uh, it was a tumultuous time to be alive, uh, uh, war, uh, political unrest, and a drug culture that had just gone crazy. In the midst of all of this arose a movement of these uh, long-haired, bearded, sandaled, or no-shoed group of people that were given the name hippies. And so they began to, in some of the most unconventional, uh, non-traditional ways, they began to encounter Jesus. And uh, the, the, it's the story of what took place and how that spread. Can I tell you, it was a, a Jesus revolution, but it was also a revolution of love. It was a receiving and then releasing the love of Jesus. And so that's kind of the theme of the movie. Can I tell you, that is the theme of what God is again doing today. You know, we're, as we were taking communion, I was thinking, even in that, I love, I love what Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates. It's not, it doesn't say he demonstrated. He continues to demonstrate his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, we were blind, we missed the point, we were ignorant, Christ died for us. That's the good news. And so uh, that was on Friday night, but I, I began to think about my week. And earlier in the week, uh, Melvin Parker and I went to meet with some men at First Baptist Church 
uh, here in town, and we were going to talk about how can we love our city? How can we serve our city? What are some things? These guys were doing some things already, and we wanted to learn from them. And so they had a uh, Wednesday morning prayer meeting. So we ended up there, and we're in there with these guys, and we're praying. And one particular individual really, I was taken with him. He was 94 years old, and uh, he stood up, and he said, gentlemen, we need to pray for the youth. There's a movement in the youth. And he began to, to get excited, you know, in, 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 this, in this Baptist prayer circle. And he began to talk about the fervor and the passion and the hunger of young people to encounter God. And began to talk a little bit about the Asbury uh, revival that's going on. And, and he went on a long time, but I was really taken with what he was saying. I thought, man, this is, this is really some good stuff. And, and so the next few days, Kenny Terrian gives me a video of the sermon that was preached that kind of launched that whole ongoing prayer and worship movement. You know, you can call it whatever you want to, revival, awakening. It's some people who are falling in love with Jesus, though. And so I listened to... Uh, some of the, of the uh, video, and I thought, wow, I, I bet the message that was given that spawned this thing was just off the charts. Can I tell you, it wasn't really off the charts. It was just really kind of like me talking to you right now, you know? It was just, this guy gets up, and he's just talking about love. And he's talking about the love of God, and he says, listen, if, if, we want, if we want to see the love of God really poured out, first of all, we've got to receive the love of God. And he says, man, the altars, are, the front is open. If you want to just come and receive the love of God, not all, not all that different than uh, Dustin's uh, invitation just moments ago, just come if you're hungry, come if you're thirsty, come and seek the Lord so that we might, it might be released I want to talk to you today about receiving and releasing the love of God. See, it really doesn't get any more, uh, any more profound or any deeper than that. How many of you remember Jesus loves me? This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, he's strong. Can I tell you, it doesn't get much deeper than that ever. What happens is, is we muddy the waters with all kinds of stuff and we lose the purity of simple and pure devotion to Jesus. We, we kind of lose our first love. I mean, the songs we were singing, I'm like, let's do a redo. Let's listen. Let's join in with a whole heart because it doesn't get any deeper than that. It doesn't get any more profound than to realize how much our Father loves us, to realize how much Jesus loves us, to realize how much the Spirit loves us. And so I listened to this and I thought, well, that's, that's good. But see, I, I'm beginning to ask God, could it really be that simple that, that people, that, that really, really wants is for us to get a fresh revelation of himself through the authentic love of Jesus that turns into a wildfire and spreads everywhere we go. 
See, see it, it, doesn't take, it doesn't take much more than a smile. It doesn't take much more than a hug. It doesn't take all that much to see a Jesus revolution take place. And so I, I, my, one of my other dreams is, yeah, I, I like when God does God's stuff on Sundays in this place. But my heart is to see God's stuff happen outside these walls, outside these doors, every single moment of every single day of every single week. See, see, that's the heart of God. That's always been the heart of God. I, I, I really, I think uh, just this raw, contagious love of Christ, receiving and releasing the love of God. I, I wanna start with a, with a, a really profound scripture. It's, uh, it's one that you may never have, have heard before. It's, it's uh, John 3.16, okay? Can we, can we start with that one? I tell you what, before we start with that one, I'm gonna start. The same John said it this way. John 3.16 is Jesus talking, okay? I'm gonna tell you what John, the one who said, John the beloved, the one who said, I'm his favorite, I'm the one he loved, okay? If there's some guy who understands love, John's probably the guy you go to. Listen to what John said. This is in 1 John, he said this. God is love. The very essence of who God, Father, Son, Spirit is, is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. And God lives in them. Yes, we love because God first loved us. I don't think you got it. Let me, let me read it one more time, okay? At least act like you're getting it, okay? Maybe it'll, maybe it'll fall in. You know, I had a basketball coach. He said, just shoot the ball. Maybe gravity will pull it in. You know, I don't know. Maybe the Holy Ghost will just pull it in here. This is God's word to us. God says through John, I am love. Whoever lives in this love lives in me, God says. And God lives in them. If you want to know how to live a full life, an abundant life, a spirit-filled life, it begins with love. So now let's go to John 3.16. This is Jesus explaining how the Father does this thing here. We have it up there? All right, very good. For God so loved the world. Can we do, why don't we do this together, okay? Ready? One, two, three. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We'll read the next verse after that. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That the world might be sozoed. Right? It's good news. Let, let's pick it apart just a little bit because I'm a teacher and that's what I do. I'm a provocateur, yes. 
God so loved the entire cosmos, okay? I mean, it's, it's bigger than you can imagine. Anything that lives, moves, breathes, God loves, okay? And so it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I put the King James up there just, just for those of you who probably memorized it there. What does that mean? His only begotten son. Aren't you and I sons and daughters of the Most High King? Hello? Doesn't the scripture say that, that we're adopted sons and daughters, that we're in the deal? The only begotten son, it, it, this, here's what that means. It means the authentic, unique, one of a kind, begotten, not of flesh, but of the father, son. The only one, the one and only, begotten of the father, flat, not flesh, but of the father, unique. That's why they just said begotten, because it's a lot of words, okay? That whoever believes in him, he, gave, he opened this thing to everyone, Okay? Because, not because of anything we've done, but because he loves us. Because we are his sons and daughters, whether we realize it or not. Got one right. What, what if I told you, what if I told you that long before you said yes to Jesus, you were already pre-forgiven? Is that good news? Does that make you want to go tell somebody that? What if I told you long before you were ever born, you were pre-forgiven? What does that mean? That means that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And he gave you the ability to be a son or a daughter of the Most High King. Okay? People go, well, you know, I, I got saved in you know, 1908 or whatever it was for you, you know. Well, maybe that's a good way to say it. You might have responded and said yes to what Jesus had done for you, but the reality is you were pre-forgiven. How many say that makes evangelism a little easier? See, we walk around like there's something about what we do, what we say, do we pray the right magical prayer when the reality is Jesus already paid the price. Jesus already died for us. But it's a matter of us surrendering our pride. It's a matter of us receiving the gift of eternal life. That's why you have a bunch of long-haired hippies doing a lot of ridiculously crazy things and God goes, I like them. I'm for them. Why? Because God gives his grace to the humble. When we say, God, I give up. I can't do this. I don't know what to do anymore. He goes, oh, that's my son. That's my daughter. Somebody share the good news of how it's already been taken care of or what Jesus did. And they just need to surrender and just humble themselves and receive. They say receive. Receive his love. That's why the invitation, it's an invitation, not a instruction. Get out here and get, get saved. That isn't it. It's receive. It's an invitation. It's a choice you make. But it's a choice to humble yourself. It's a choice to surrender into a reality that already is. That was really, really good if you would have got that. See, truth is Reality. You know, when you read the scripture and it says the truth will set you free, you know what that is? 
the reality of what Jesus has done for us will set you free. If you can come into reality, the trouble is most of us live outside of reality, okay? We have this, these ideas, these concepts, we have these religious constructs that guide us. And at the end of the day, it's all about a relationship. How many of you know the world is not looking for cocksure Christians who have everything figured out? They're not even looking for a, a cocksure certainty of everything. But they are looking for reality that will set them free. And that truth, that reality is a person named Jesus. That's why love is the winner in the end. Remember when, when Paul said something like this? He said, he, he's going through the love chapter in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 13. He says, listen, faith, hope, and love, they remain. But the greatest of these is what? It's love. I used to have a friend in college. He, he used to say, faith, hope, and love abide, but the greatest of these is tongues. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that's the greatest. The greatest of these is love. And we just brush right on over that. I want the gifts. I want all that stuff. But what about the spirit of those gifts? I think it matters because it's what demonstrates the heart of God. All right, that was all introduction. We're, we're, we need to go somewhere with this. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I want to go through that because that whoever believes in him should not, should not, perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. Jesus says eternal life is this, that you know the one true God, the Father and his Son whom he sent. He's saying eternal life's a relationship, isn't he? But let's go back to that perish word. What, what is that all about? When I read that word, all growing up, I preached this. I, I did all the all the bad. I've done all kind of bad things. I want to confess the bad things I've done in my life. Some of those bad things is just bad theology, because you can scare people up real good, and you can fill the altars in a hurry. What does that word "perish" mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's apolumi, apolumi, which doesn't mean a whole lot to you, other than. It's the same word, perish, apolumi. King James was the one who interpreted it that. But apolumi means, is, is found in Luke 15. Does anybody remember what Luke 15 is about? What's Luke 15 about? It's about the good father. It's, it's about folks that are lost. It's, it's, it's about a lost sheep. Remember that? Left the 99, went for the one. It's about a lost coin. The lady who who uh, lost one of her coins, had, she cleaned the whole house looking for it, and it's about the lost son. That word lost, apolume, same thing, perish. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? What if we said, God so loved the whole world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not be lost any longer? Hello? What if we got the idea that we were created to, to belong, that we belong, and when we cease to belong, we're lost. When we no longer function the way God created us to function, we're lost. When we, when we uh, no longer understand our, our purpose in life, 
Whenever we are, it's a sense of uselessness. It means that which comes to ruin amounts to nothing. Lost. It could also mean misplaced. If you lose something. See, Jesus is saying this, look. God so loved the whole cosmos that he sent me to come be with, with you, flesh and blood, incarnate. God come in flesh to dwell among you. That anyone, whoever believes, trusts, places their faith in me should not be lost any longer, but shall have eternal life eternal relationship, shall function the way they were designed to function. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be sozoed. Okay? That's what Jesus says. He said it's all about love. The whole motivation behind it, God's not mad at you. He's not even really disappointed in you. He just, he just wishes that you weren't ignorant, blind, blind, and wrong-headed, right? How I many realize we 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 pretty well have been handed some some bad news, and it's not until we get the good news that we can see things clearly. Jesus came to planet Earth to give us the good news so that we could see God clearly. That's the gospel, folks. And so Jesus said it this way. He said, "Look, I'm going to give you a new commandment." Love one another in the same way that I loved you. I want you to love one another. By this, the entire world will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. So what does that look like? What does loving, what does loving look like? What does love look like? Well, I think that's a good thing, a good place to start. I think love looks like this. I think it looks like, how many of y'all know the five love languages? Anybody? Okay. Might be a good, good thing to do is learn some things about your, your mate and how they think and other people, your kids and all that. We all receive love in different ways, right? We all feel more comfortable giving love in different ways. How many of you believe Jesus was a hugger? I believe Jesus was a hugger. One love language is physical touch. It's, it's a good hug. See, how many of you know Jesus turned the world upside down with his hugs? You know, in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, if somebody had leprosy, they walked into the room, what, what would be the response to the leper? Yeah. And what would his response be to the, the group that he came into? Unclean, unclean, which brings shame right? So leopard comes to Jesus. What was his response? My friend. He hugs him. He embraces him. He touches him. He breaks the law. You know why? Because he is the law. He's the higher law. He's the living law. See, how many of you remember uh, Sozo Weekend? The mother, father hugs Tears flow, snot runs down, freedom comes. Remember? And we go, how, 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 
What's that happen? Not a word exchanged. But tears are flowing and freedom is coming and lives are changed. Can I tell you, sometimes the most loving thing we can do is just give somebody a big hug. Just let them know, man. Where's Billy at? Billy, Billy, you love me well this morning. Thank you. Pre-service prayer, Billy just hugged me, preached my sermon back to me and told me what I was going to preach today. And it was really good. If you got anything to add, Billy, just, just. Sometimes it's, it's, just a, it's just a smile or a hug. I'd like to invite you to our men's Tuesday breakfast. But be warned, if you come, you will be hugged. You will be hugged. Now, right, Melvin? Melvin, how did you feel the first time you came? A little awkward. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. How many of you know love can be awkward sometimes? Right? Okay. Second way that love is expressed is just by showing up, being present. Jesus did his best stuff one-to-one. Whether it's the woman at the well or Zacchaeus or whether it's Matthew or you pick, you pick your favorite encounter, can I tell you what? He meets us one-to-one. He encounters us one-to-one. Sometimes that means just showing up and being present. There were several of you that just showed up and were present with a family who lost their child this week in middle school. Very tragic, sudden, un, unforeseen that you showed up. Others showed up. Sometimes it's just, it's just being present with people. Sometimes it's, it's just listening, asking questions, praying. Another way we love is through words of encouragement. I love this, you know. By the way, if you're trying to figure this out, love is Jesus. Jesus did every one of these things. He was fluent in every one of these things. I illustrate every one of them. Jesus comes to 12 guys that are basically knuckleheads, okay? And the one that wasn't extremely a knucklehead ended up being the one who betrayed him, okay? And he went to these guys. He starts out with two two sets of brothers who are fishermen, and he, and he says to these guys, put on your nets and follow me. And they do, which is just crazy, isn't it? But you know why they did? Because whenever the rabbi came to town and all of the rabbi school flunkouts saw him, and he says, he, when he said follow me, he was saying one thing to them, you have what it takes. You have what it takes to be like me, follow me. And they left everything they had and they followed him. That's a word of encouragement that'll change your life. Blessing sometimes is, is, is an encouraging way. We've, I've talked about blessing here before. What if we were to simply go to people and, and, and say, can I bless you? And I bless you in the name of Jesus that the Father would reveal himself and his goodness and kindness to you, that you might release it everywhere you go. See you later. What in the world would most people think? This person just blessed me with the love of the Father, that I would release love everywhere I went? Hmm. 
I think that's the kind of stuff Jesus did all the time. He would say things that would confuse people. How many realize you can't change unless you get confused first? Right? So the next time you go, I don't understand. Just realize you, you have a great opportunity to learn. God's shifting you. He's changing you. He's transforming you. You know, just regurgitating facts doesn't change you. Right? Confusion will change you. Just, just think back in your life, times where you've had to change the way you think, repent. It usually came along with some, huh, I'm not sure what's going along here. How about serving others? Love looks like serving others. That's what Jesus said. He didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life. It's a ransom for all mankind. Love looks like giving gifts. What do I mean by, what do I mean by giving gifts? Well, Jesus was the gift. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus to us. You know, Jesus said, that, said it this way. He said, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're gonna be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. What's he doing? He's offering them a gift of the Holy Spirit that is to come. And he does. And we still have that same gift offer made to us. That gift of the Spirit is, we're told that the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is, it's love. Now, I know there's nine of them that go together. But what if I told you that a, 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 a correct interpretation would be this. The fruit, notice it's not plural. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It, the fruit of the Spirit is love that expresses itself in joy, in peace, in patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. All, all of those things are, are what love looks like expressed through us. Okay? So whenever we carry the, the goodness of the love of Jesus, it, it might look like joy. Don't you feel loved on when people have uh, enjoy being with you? Huh? How many of you feel the love of God when peace comes into the room? Wow, he's here, he's peaceful. Patience, when somebody's patient with you, how many of you feel loved? What about kindness? Somebody's kind to you, do you feel the love of God extended to you? You know, all, all of these things are a part of, of that idea. So I want to give you a, one last scripture and we're going to be through because I want to say, how do we release the love? I've talked to you about love and receiving it, but how do you release those things? Let's take a look at, at this scripture here in, in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Philippians 2, 13. You got it? It is God who is at work in you both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. Now, what does that look like? Paul says it looks like this. First of all, God's all about pleasure. It's a good place to start. God really likes you. I have a picture in my office of Jesus. 
and it's laughing Jesus. And sometimes I just look at it and I laugh like Stevie. I'm going, this is great. See, God, he really, really, really wants to partner with us. It's a divine partnership for his good pleasure. That's what he's saying there. God's at work in you. He's work around you. And we'll talk about that more next week. Who is God bringing into your life? God is saying, hey, let's go in divine partnership. This person's coming into your life. God is at work, but look at the first part. He's at work in you. So where's he at work in you to develop love, to receive love so that he can work all around you in what he's doing for his good pleasure? Now, that, that's what this whole series has been, is about, the mission of God. Can I say, it's the mission of God that we're invited to for his good pleasure. And God is saying, listen, I love you so much that I won't do this without you. I invited you into relationship. How, how many of you know Father, Son, Holy Spirit have invited us into relationship fellowship with them. Some of you going, that sounds like heresy. Did I just get into the Trinity? Is that what happened there? Uh, you're not in the Trinity, but I'm telling you what, the Trinity's in you. Okay? God wants to live in you. He wants to live through you. It's not striving, oh, how can I be a better servant? How, how can I love people more? I don't even like hugging. You know, it's, that's not what I'm saying. Let the Holy Spirit live through you and love through you as only he can live and love through you. How many could say, I can do that. I can do you that. Because that is who we are as the people of God. I'm gonna ask our, our worship folks, are they, did they leave? Uh, they're coming. Okay, that's a good thing. And here's my question for you is, where, where is God at work in you right now? Where is, where is he saying you need to receive more love in this area? And then where is God at work around you saying, I want to release more of my love through you into that area? So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you right there where you're at to just do some time with God before we respond, okay? My first question is, just put a bubble around yourself. You know how to do that? Like there's nobody else around you. Just you and Jesus, okay? And here's what I want you to do. I want you just to ask him this question. Bless you. In Jesus' name. Just ask this question, Lord, what is it that you want me to know right now? If you've got it, great. You might want to jot it down somewhere later just so you got it there and you can ponder on it. What does that even mean? Second question. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with what I know? 
just keep those two questions before the Lord. What is it that you want me to know right now? What is it you want me to do with what I'm receiving from you? Third thing is this, what do you want me to receive? Jesus said you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But what is it that I need to receive in order to do what I know and, and what you've called me to do? Because this is a divine partnership. This is not about what am I going to go out and do. So Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. What is it that you want us to know right now? What is it you want me to do? Going forward. Now, Lord, what is it that you want me to receive? I'm going to ask our prayer folks to just come and make themselves available. We're just going to open this thing up again. I, I, I'm guessing that there, there's still more, more love to receive. Just, just come, take the posture however you want to, and say, I just, whew, I just want to be with you, Lord. Just want to experience your love. Just want to encounter you. Maybe you just need to receive Jesus. Jesus, you are love. I receive you. I, I can't do anything apart from you anyway. I can't love. I can't do any of this. I, I'm going to come to the starting point. I'm going to come to you, Jesus. Maybe you need to receive healing. Inside, outside, you need healing. We just say thank you for your great love for us.